Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Greetings, the Greetings Card Podcast. I'm Bobby O'Rourke. And I'm Dan Conroy. Dan, we were so lucky to have Dara with us previously to close out our Halloween spooky cards. Spooky season has has come and gone. It will return. Uh, we're now in uh, currently an unseasonably warm fall day, but, but we're now firmly in Thanksgiving territory. So how do you feel just about the closing of Halloween... The, the Michael Myers films. I mean, Halloween ends, which I, which I just saw. Um, yeah. And also now we're starting with uh, Thanksgiving, which I don't think we're going to do a particular set on. But if we come across a great Thanksgiving card, we will. So where's your head at now that we're very much in the fall season? And I think the leaves are changing and cards are changing. Wh- wh- what are you thinking now? I'll answer the first question first, as per the tradition. Uh, how right. I feel about the Halloween movie ending. Listen, if, it, if Donald Pleasance gets to go on the camera, that's all I care about. So if he's on there and he's talking about the boogeyman, or however that line goes, that's all I really care about. So let's get that out the door. I would say get Donald Pleasance in more movies, but I believe he's dead. So maybe retcon him with our cool technology we have today. Thank you, Hollywood. In regards to your second question, I get a little sad about the end of the Halloween season. As you know, Halloween is my favorite holiday, and it does bring spooky, chilly tears to my eyes whenever I feel the coming and going of Halloween. You know, my birthday is very close to Halloween, so the celebration of that, which is a lovely thing, is often paired with the sadness that Halloween is over. But I do very much enjoy autumn in itself, and I think that the feeling of losing Halloween and, you know, kind of the sort of hangover, metaphorically speaking, or literally, if you had a great party, the hangover of Halloween being over can be quickly remedied with still enjoying the season for what it is. Changing leaves, which in our area of the Northeast, that actually happens, you know, closer to November than it does October. You can still enjoy pumpkin spice. That's more of an annual thing, guys. You don't really have to only enjoy it in autumn. It's just a combination of spices. All of the things that we love about autumn. And none of we, them are pumpkin, if I if I remember, right? It is cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, allspice, and ginger. Uh, every chance I get to tell people, I will say it to the point where they're rolling their eyes. Yeah, not a single goddamn bit of pumpkin in it. It is all those five spices, guys. Go heavy on the cinnamon if you're making it at home. That is your canvas. And then everything else. Let me say, go heavy on the cinnamon. Go light on the clove. Clove goes a long way in very small amounts. But yeah, I would say... Strong words. Strong, bold words. It's just like clove. I would say that, in general, the season is still to be loved and enjoyed because it is my favorite season. If anything, what I roll my eyes towards is the immediate rush to Christmas or the Mm -hmm. holiday season, let's say. Because I don't know if you've noticed this where you live, dear great Bobby, but already in my downtown shopping district of where I live, there is a tree up with ornaments there is already those uh, a tree up already okay that's that is an act of war i mean th- sometimes i've seen people bring out the ornaments that in the christmas shoppy stores and and what have you but to put the tree up now like that is just skipping the line there's no oh it's a declaration it. it's a declaration and i'm about to write to my council people about it it is there in the face in the teeth 
of the see we've got a month and change i would say you can enjoy the autumn stuff right up until like the first week of december but we are in the teeth of uh, like autumn season enjoyment and they have that tree up they've got those you know those snowflakes that they hang on lampposts that light up at night they got those thingies they have those banners also on the lamppost that say happy holidays. It's like we can't even enjoy the season at all. And I'm about to become the old man that I am about it. But I was like, son of a gun. Can't we just can we just get the next couple of weeks in it? I mean, do you enjoy the autumn flavors after this post Halloween time, Bobby? Or are you are you ready to go full winter? No, I very much. I want all the seasons to have their due. I mean, let's not even talk about the short shrift that Diwali or Hanukkah get or or even, um, you know, I don't see any Kwanzaa harvesting uh, 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 machines out, you know, but it's a <laughs> it's a harvest holiday. And I really I like having I think it's more fun to have Halloween gets October. Fine. Christmas gets sure. December and Thanksgiving gets November. I don't see the problem in almost I feel in an attempt to enjoy Christmas or the that's hol- called the holiday season to a greater extent people make it less special because it lasts for so long that by the time December rolls around I'm almost sick of it and that's the, yeah. that's just me but I know there's a cohort of other people out there who feel the same way of just it's special because it's brief and yes. there's a lot of philosophy that we could talk about there but I and Maddie is very militant she is Christmas doesn't start until the day after Thanksgiving once the Macy's Day Parade kicks off she's like okay like now it's christmas season before then i'm not even allowed to talk about mariah carey in the yeah. house until yeah there's happens. she doesn't have another song that's all it's all i want for christmas is you is the only thing she's ever done i don't even know another wham song i'm not even allowed to enjoy wake me up before you go go i have to only listen mm-hmm. to last christmas so yeah it's kind of stuck like that but i i think i'm with maddie on that one that thanksgiving we got to enjoy this holiday that comes up before the next one comes around and I understand for you know a lot of people, Thanksgiving isn't as, you know, in general, Thanksgiving is just not as enjoyable or as it's it's objectively not as bombastic or I don't think it's as commercialized by any stretch of the imagination as Christmas or uh, many of the other holiday seasons. Regardless, though, it does feel a little weird to just do two full months of Christmas. And then it even bleeds into January. Like you'll still see there is, is there anything? I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast. Is there anything more upsetting than seeing leftover holiday decorations in January, like after January 1st? And I don't even mean like snowflakes and snowmen. Let's just be like for Christmas. If I see a Christmas tree out in January, I just get depressed immediately like it's just it can't be done so, so you're not celebrating uh three kings day uh, what is the, the that's not the the, the end of oh the yeah 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 the uh the epiphany i think it's technically called no is it the epiphany i can't remember oh, but yeah. yeah well regardless yeah three kings day because what is that january 6th in the orthodox calendars i believe so yeah we're not we're no julian calendar schlubs here for the record here on greetings the greeting card podcast we are gregorian or gtfo and that is g or gtfo the october revolution in russia took place in october not november as those philistines think i think it's i think there's like an 11 day difference and they're like the october revolution took place in november and i usually yell at the professor of history who's telling me that but yeah remember to marks it on your calendars um needed needed to get that in there needed to but yeah, I there's something I don't like that you took a victory sip after that joke. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I took a nice swig of seltzer after having put that out in the ethos, but getting that on the sound waves. I, I just Macy's was decorated 
by October 1st near me. The Macy's near me already had believe on the top of it, which, by the way, Macy's, I will decide whether or not I believe in the spirit of the holiday. Thank you very much. Second of all, the spirit of the holiday hasn't visited us yet because it's goddamn October. Let's do <laughs> let's get let's do that. You know, after all the B celebrities and C celebrities that came out on the Thanksgiving Day Parade and then big old Snoopy or whatever animated character we currently have enjoying right now. Honestly, can we do Rick Roll again? Can we get Rick Astley back up there? Because that was the best thing that ever happened at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Well, we could start our petition and find out and see if he's around. I mean, he hasn't. I don't think he's ever left the zeitgeist. I feel like that memification of his music video was the best thing that ever happened because... That was the best thing. I remember, I don't remember how old I was when that happened, but when I think it was the float for Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and they stopped it dead in its tracks and just did a Rickroll. And I was. And during the parade? In the middle of the wow. parade, in the middle of the song. I was. I was Legendary. Imagine how many 85-year-olds who were watching the parade going, I don't understand what's going on here. Just completely out of it, unaware of what this of what this joke is to every person between the age of, like, 11 and 28. I miss Natalie Wood. Why didn't we just have her look alike on stage the whole time? Can't, why can't I watch Book of Mormon songs for the 28th time in, this, in the middle of Macy's Herald Square? So you did not receive, I don't believe you would have, either a Halloween card at all or give one and... Uh, uh, we could possibly see some Thanksgiving cards on the show this month. We're just not going to make it a point. So if we find one, we'll do it. But uh, they're kind of, I've noticed they're a little uh, bland. And I don't mean that necessarily like in a bad way, but they're very much like have a nice Thanksgiving. There's not the chaos that we think we found with uh, Halloween or even Mother's Day that we find with Thanksgiving. No. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if we're going to see a Thanksgiving card on the podcast. So get your bets out now, folks. We'll see whether or not we do it. Uh, get the betting odds going for Greetings the Greeting Card podcast doing it. But yeah, I'm not sure because I actually went to the local greeting card apothecaries and had a look-see at the, you know, at the, I, I was scouting. I was having a look at the potential candidates for being on the podcast for future episodes. And you're right, Bobby, they were kind of bland. They were very sentimental. They were very nice. They were very thoughtful, but it was mostly... Thanksgiving is a time of family and friends and remembering your loved ones and you're one of them. Happy Thanksgiving. And and every one of them was essentially that sentiment. They were that greeting. It was no because you're right for Halloween. The main gripe that I had and I, I think you said we, we you were feeling it as well was that it was the globbing on of any emotion and then just putting like pumpkins on it or a spooky skeleton or a ghost. Whereas Thanksgiving really only has a few things they can play with like a turkey a cornucopia, autumn colors. Like there's only so many things they can play with. And therefore there's only so much they're going to bring into the card for that reason. The only joke that seems to be constant in these cards is, well, we're not going to eat this turkey. This turkey gets saved. And that's the constant joke because it is kind of interesting that we always portray the turkey as the symbol of Thanksgiving, but that is the bird that we will be deconstructing, that we will slaughter and we will eviscerate and then we will eventually cook and consume. Yeah, in a very Jack Ketchum sort of way, when you really think about what we do to that poor bird, it is uh, um, it is some girl next door off-season 
uh, hostile territory of what we do to that bird. It is unfortunate uh, what we do with it. And, and also just, yeah, we're, we're getting, we're moving away from the time when we stuffed that bird with some stuffing. That was some not afraid of salmonella or what else it is that a turkey can give us. But that was some real, oh, like thinking to yourself from an older generation, oh, you're meant to be sick sometimes. And I bet that happened quite a bit when people were consuming the stuffing that was inside of a turkey when it was being cooked. But yeah, yeah. it's just, I think that's a constant joke. Have you found anything like that in your journeys for cards? Like, have you looked through the Thanksgiving cards recently? A little bit. And I wanted them to be a little more honest. And I I know that the hackneyed joke, I guess, is you'll argue with your conservative uncle about why he's voting or not voting the way he is which is fair you know that happens on thanksgiving but if i were to make an honest uh, thanksgiving card mine might go something like wishing you a happy thanksgiving and uh have fun on that 10 a.m trip to Shoprite because your mom forgot the filling for the pumpkin pie you know like yes yes, like, yes, yes. It would, there's always this sense i think on thanksgiving at least in my family of i have a wonderful time there but the morning of because there's so much happening there's always a green beans are forgotten or the yams have burned there's always something going wrong and i think that there's a lot to capitalize on for thanksgiving with have fun with the one frustrating task you'll bound to do before yeah. everybody shows up for your meal uh, do you, what about you if you had an honest thanksgiving card what do you think yours might say my honest thanksgiving card would be have a happy thanksgiving and accept the fact that there will be two dishes on the table that you will not get to because your eyes were way bigger than your stomach and you loaded <laughs> way you loaded way up on the mashed potatoes which i know oh, you my like my plate is obscene when i when i load up it, it like people have looked at me and said this this isn't right you know they've, they've you've d- wrong. something has gone terribly wrong here do you usually eat all of it or does it happen that like your eyes tend to be bigger than your stomach no that's exactly what happens i cut you off and i shouldn't have because you were describing it so well but there's always the final two dishes of however many uh, in my family we're very lucky usually there's about seven or eight things to partake of but the last two always like oh no and then there's yeah. pie and coffee or tea afterwards and you never really think about <sighs> no. the long game and that's the thing is like i almost don't want dessert at that point because i did not it, it's a marathon it's not a sprint but i absolutely treat it not even like a sprint i treat it like i'm late for the bus and i've got to just give all my energy to it as it's driving away from my home so i have consumed as much as i can of the savory and and by the time sweet rolls around which we're also very lucky in our home there's like four or five dessert options and two of you are getting untouched and the other three i'm gonna have a little bit of you and it's gonna be like mr creosote in meaning of life and my stomach is going to explode once i get that last pumpkin cheesecake square in my mouth and i just close my eyes and go just a little bit more and then you can go to bed and not think about how you're hurting yourself at this point and then you can put on home alone 2 and gently fall asleep exactly home alone 2 or christmas story or 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 honestly just lull yourself to sleep with alice's restaurant which is a song we just listened to but by the time guthrie starts talking about getting drafted for the vietnam war that's when i start falling asleep that's when i get hungry again oh yeah that's that's all that talk about him pretending to be insane and wanting to kill that's that's what makes me hungry yeah that's that's all gonna do it to you but yeah that's uh, i i feel like they do have to be more honest it's funny that is do you think it's because everyone's thanksgiving realities are just different so it's not as universal so you really can't immortalize it on a card the same way as you could like halloween or something like that like they're all just very much based on your family so what does everyone usually do i mean what's helpful about thanksgiving is that food normally stays the same Uh, i know some people that move away from turkey and all that stuff do you enjoy let me ask this question do you enjoy bobby the thanksgiving traditional foods we're talking turkey we're talking mashed potatoes 
We're talking crayon sauce. We're talking stuffing boys. We're talking, I know some people do crescent rolls. We do them in mine. Sometimes we do biscuits. Do you like all that stuff? I do, but my family does go a little wild sometimes, especially my mom's family, which is quite large. Everyone sort of brings a dish and all the things you mentioned are there in some form, but we have had stuffed shells was yes. popular one year. We've yes. had uh, rice and beans with sausage. Uh, we've mm. had... Um, Steam bro- steamed broccoli or some kind of steamed uh, green vegetable makes an appearance. Uh, stuffed mushrooms, which is a favorite of mine. I do deviled, love those. Deviled eggs. Mm. A salad someone brought, which is, you know, an interesting thing that, that um, I was talking about with Maddie was she was almost laughed out of her, her kitchen by her family for trying to say, you know, we could have a non-brown food on the plate. And everyone just said heresy and tossed hey, it How out, dare you? It would be kind of nice on Thanksgiving to have one food that isn't soaked in butter. But just one. Just one uh, possible you know, the entree you, that you can have for that. You can only have foods on the table that are indicative of the same colors that would be found on leaves or the trees themselves. Earth tones. Your your plate yeah. has to be earth tones. Like you just you can only do earth tones, really. You got your browns, you got your yellows, you've got your reds. My aunt, when I was very young, this is my great aunt, she would put she made mashed potatoes with margarine, with like country crock margarine, which before you knock it you know, give it a shot if you don't care very much for your heart. And she would put so much margarine in these mashed potatoes that they were a luminescent yellow. They were like a a sunshine yellow color. <laughs> and they were the best mashed potatoes I ever had. Sure. How could you go wrong? It's just fat and carb. It was incredible. It's I'm so surprised I didn't have like some kind of weird reaction to it. Like my body was like convulsing or maybe I was just extra sweaty and just going like, what have you just done to yourself? If you are you just consuming like pure lard, then you're not we can't digest this. We don't know what to do. It's like it's it's like my body's having a red alert with the amount of margarine I consumed today. I think a salad's a good idea. I remember Brussels sprouts. We also did we didn't do stuffed shells, but we did what we called managut, but what most people know is manicotti in that Italian American <laughs> where you just Yeah, it's that Italian American where things are just dropped off and doesn't make a lot of sense. But so Please have some more of the gabagool if you Yeah, will. yes. Well, you haven't, you've barely touched your soprasat. Come on, enjoy, enjoy. A little more mutz? You want some mutz? Why don't you have any mutz? I think that a table without galamat is a table not worth having. You gotta, you gotta have it down there. Otherwise, it's just, it's just not a full meal. Oh, I've never had kalamad for Thanksgiving. That would be absolutely. We haven't broken that barrier yet, but that is not outside the realm of possibility. I'll just say that for my family. My favorite Italian-Americanism is uh, escarole, escarole with beans, and uh, we called it shkadol. Which that's just a sound. That's just a <laughs> that you just schkadol with beans. That's, that's you just say a schkadol. That's such a bad choice. A stuffed stuffed shells or managut. A stuffed pasta before the main meal. Did you want me to eat any of it at all? Like that's just because that's just oh, yeah, and, and it's first and often in our line. It's number two or three. It's like right there, and you're like this. You can't oh. start here. You got nowhere to go afterwards. The turkey <laughs> is after that. Like you can't start here. No. I mean, it was kind of a marathon in my house. We would do appetizers, which was like a full charcuterie board. And then we would have as the first course, Montagut, which just feels like you're spitting in the face of the rest of the meal. We weren't actually. And it was delicious. My aunt makes it and it's so good. But I really needed to learn how to compartmentalize food in my stomach from that experience. So maybe another card I would do is happy Thanksgiving. Remember little portions of everything. Enjoy everything little. There's nothing wrong with leftovers. You can freeze them. That is the card. Yeah. Little portions of everything. Exactly. Little portions of everything. Also because Mm. I love Thanksgiving food. So there is no problem with eating it. I had a, I had a 
gobbler sandwich from Wawa today, a gobbler hoagie. It was delightful. Never had that, but I uh, can't go wrong with a Wawa. I have never been disappointed with anything I've gotten there. It always is a delightful sandwich. I'm not going to sit here and say it's Michelin star worthy, but have you ever had a bad one? Be honest For five bucks, what they do with five bucks is better than what I would do with five bucks. What they can do with five dollars at three in the morning, my only other alternative is eating that five dollars. So <laughs> in that way... They've done a better job than I could. God bless them. Gobble, gobble, bless them. Uh, speaking of blessings, I have a card that I think might be the opposite of that. So <laughs> Fantastic. I am excited to show you. And while I pull this up and while you pull it up, I will remind the listeners that if they have a card they would either like to uh, have us review or take a look at, uh, you can reach us at GreetingsPod on Instagram or at GreetingsCast on Twitter. We would love to hear from you or see what you find in your local card apothecary. Dan, I... I'm not sure if you've opened it yet, but it looks like for some reason my email mixed up the the slides the slides again. So the picture is the first is the first one, and then the one with words is the second page. So picture is first page, and then words are second page. If you've opened it up, okay, I am opening it up right now. Thank you, and let's have a look. Okay, <laughs> all right. So let's start from the top. What we have here is oh my god. Da Vinci, right? Yes. Thank you. God, a, a Philistine is what I am. Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. We have Leonardo Da Vinci. Tom Mona Clancy's Lisa. Mona Lisa. <laughs> James Patterson's Mona Lisa, co-written by Biff Butterman. My third favorite novel you can buy in the airport about submarines, the USS Mona Lisa. <laughs> James Patterson's Mona Lisa Smile. We have Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. It is exactly what you think it is. There's nothing else goofy about it, except that in the front of the original painting of Mona Lisa, we have a surgical blue mask. Mona Lisa is masked up and sort of at her chest, there is a, what would you call that? A plaque. It is formal looking, kind of in a gold color. And on the top, it says Mona Lisa. And below that, in italicies, it says, still smiling under my mask. So let's dive right in here. Let's start with, so she's in the first person. She's talking to us. Mona Lisa is still smiling under my mask. She's she's referred to herself in the third person by saying her name. And then she immediately went to the first person with my mask. Is yes, that what I'm to I, believe? I'm just noticing how odd that is. If I were talking to someone and said, Bobby O'Rourke has a, has a stuffy nose, but I meant me. It's like, what a strange perspective to have had. You know, listen, I I believe Da Vinci, was he Venetian? I can't remember what of the many provinces he came from. But regardless, I did not speak the Italian of his era. So I'm not sure how people refer to themselves in that time. However, I would be surprised to learn that this is how people spoke. Oh, what a wonderful thing if we find out that 16th century Italians refer to themselves in the third person at all points. Da Vinci's almost done with this painting, Bishop. I promise. He promises. Da Vinci promises. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. They switch back to first person, so it's very confusing. It's like yeah, and then the to... bishop's like, Bishop is pleased. However, I would like something on the ceiling if you can get that kind of going. And that's not even the right guy, I don't think. Because that's Michelangelo, who's not the... <laughs> We're not doing well. <laughs> Michelangelo's going insane over here on his back, constantly drawing these beautiful bodies, which I think people have alluded to homoeroticism in the chapel. Not sure. Anyways, I'm Michelangelo. Cowabunga, dudes. That's the first problem I have with the plaque is the decision to do that. Yeah, I don't know. The blue mask in the front, I don't know what the greeting in the middle is yet. I have a feeling it's pretty current, pretty modern in what it's 
reference is going to be. But they had masks that could cover your face in the 16th century. Uh, is there a reason why we couldn't do a really nice one? Or it had to be this very shocking blue mask? I, I, I understand why they're doing it, because it brings us into mask using of today. But, you know, I have a friend who used to be Queen Elizabeth I for a Renaissance fair, and they did a photo shoot during the pandemic. So she was in full Elizabethan garb and had the most gorgeous face mask. It was structured like a modern day face mask, but it had, you know, it was completely gilded. It had jewels on the side. Oh, lovely. It, I was so envious. I was like, I would buy one of those in a heartbeat. It was so cool. And it would be nice if Mona Lisa was wearing something like that instead of the mask that I see thrown on the streets of New York City every single day. Yeah, and the mask is clearly just sort of photoshopped on. And this is one of those cards that we've spoken about before where we're entering quote-unquote humor territory. <laughs> and it's... If you can call it that. If you, It's really hard to land properly because as we've said, you have to appeal broadly, but also you run the risk of being just sort of crude and one note. And... To have Mona Lisa say, still smiling under my mask, m implies that there's a reason that she shouldn't be smiling. And so we've all just gone through a lot. There's just, there's a lot of baggage with this card already. On yeah. page one, I'm already remembering some of the most traumatic moments in recent history. It would be as if someone put like a sign that said, George Bush's mission accomplished on front. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why are we remembering the Iraq war? What could you possibly be trying to invoke? in the inside of this card from this point. Just George Bush dressed as a fighter pilot, and on the on the top it says mission accomplished, and on the bottom it says, for you being born, happy birthday. That would be, <laughs> that's a card to buy your loved ones, especially if they're of a particular political ilk. Oh, God. And yeah, you're right. This is kind of like a conversation we've had with people before where talking about seeing masks in TV shows and movies, ones that were made during the pandemic, and there's a sound argument for both one about having them, one not having them. For those having them, obviously, it reflects what we went through, what we're currently still going through within these past, what what is it now, two and a half years? And seeing them around as we are, it would be wrong to showcase the world as we know it without at least, you know, making a point or bringing up at least a little bit what people were wearing, what they were going through, and how different that was compared to the norm pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the argument against putting it in media is... Yeah, but we're living that, and it's very traumatic, and we're seeing it all the time, and it would be nice if we didn't also have to see it in our TV shows and movies, if we could take a little break from that really difficult situation, and I respect that as well. You know, I understand it'd be nice to just not have to see, you know, your favorite sitcom characters take masks off when they get home or when put them on when they're going on the subway. I can respect both of those. I was thinking a lot about comedy in general, especially when I saw this card, and I'm not one of those people who says there are subjects that are just off limits because censorship kind of runs both ways in a way where censorship can be used to limit thought, which is not not ever good. Um, you shouldn't ban books, for example. Agreed. Or burn them. Um, but Agreed. Could, censorship also runs the other way, too, where in an attempt to protect people, which most censorship is doing, they're saying, well, the following things cause people pain, so we shouldn't talk about them. And it's sort of it's looping back around to the same idea of there are certain things that are unacceptable. However, with comedy, I feel like so much more the struggle is not to find subjects that are funny, but to talk about them in a funny way. I don't think there's anything comedy necessarily can't touch, but you have to be good at it. And with particularly yes. difficult subjects, like, say, a worldwide pandemic, you have to be confident that you are saying something that either needs to be said or can't be replicated in, in another way. And I don't know if putting a mask on a famous painting 
qualifies for either criteria. Paul F. Tompkins had a really good quote about that. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, so forgive me if I'm not doing it correctly. But you can do jokes about anything, but there are some topics that I choose not to do jokes about. And I think that is a great way to look at it, especially when you consider that comedy, like any other form of expression, public expression, is a tool. And a tool can be used either helpful, like most tools are, or it can be used as a weapon. And there are ways to use it. And I think, like you said, there is a way where comedy can look at almost any subject and spin it in a way that it could be funny. But you got to be really good at it. And there's also the accepting of the fact when there is a bad joke and it must be, you know, it must be made clear that it is a bad joke. And that is really one of the only markers you have to whether or not a joke is good. What does your audience think if if they react negatively? Because it's funny to watch a comedian who does something controversial and doesn't get the reaction that they want and goes like, yeah, oh, it's the censorship media. It's like, no, your oh, joke was just really shitty. Oh, it's the ultimate cop out. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, the ultimate, ultimate cop out. Yeah, and, and you're yeah. right. I don't mean to suggest that every comedian has carte blanche to talk about whatever they want. And there there is a certain strength in saying I probably don't have the quality necessary to tell this joke even if it might be funny or something there's just certain yeah. th- you don't have to have everything I think that's just the rule especially right. now with comedy you not everything has to belong to you and that's that's fine um, yeah and this one sort of is going the other way where it's taking basically like um what's the word I'm looking for like a public domain property the pandemic right. and being like I'm gonna really have fun with it guys and really what they did was just photoshop a mask onto a painting and just go yeah i think that's what it is is look at this magic that i've made and you're right it kind of has a non-starter feeling there because like you said yeah it's it's a domain use image one that could be recognized by many people as a piece of fine art even if you don't know the name or you know haven't seen it live like i haven't oh it's mona lisa i've seen it or oh it's this lady in the painting like i've seen this before and it's you quite slap small the mask. Ha- having seen it in real life it's very tiny i hear it's very tiny yes and i hear it's difficult to get a good view of it because there's just always a crowd around it no matter i didn't what. even go actually i was in the louvre uh louvre. some years ago the louvre yes that's right um, and and there was a literal throng of people just snapping photos of it and this was back in the age where where flash photography on phones was still very much available and I couldn't even get near it and honestly I had seen it so much in popular media I was much more interested in um, the photo there's a really Jean-Louis David is that the name of the um, the guy who painted the coronation of Napoleon it's this massive oh yes that's a beautiful painting it's beautiful and it's humongous it's like 30 30 50 feet wide and I was like you guys are looking at this tiny little selfie of this person from 500 years ago this is amazing so i'm saying i hate mona lisa i don't like her either she was clearly uninterested in being there which by the way i was going to bring up in the card anyways first off she's pretty uninterested in being there anyways uh napoleon very interested in being coronated don't know why people aren't more interested in that and also much more massive painting we can all you know huddle around that for its artistic warmth and by the way in regards to this card the term mona lisa smile is in reference to no one can really pinpoint whether or not it's a smile or it's a smirk or if it's a neutral. I mean, this has, if I remember correctly, this is one of those things that confounds artistic academics, artistic academics to this very day, that they're not 100% sure what Mona Lisa's emotion would be because it's a very neutral appearance. It's kind of a neutral smile. Am I getting that wrong? I thought that was the whole point between the term Mona Lisa smile. And so what I'm getting at is if that exists, if I'm not talking out of my ass right now, then the phrase still smiling under my mask 
are you or are you not? Is that part of the joke? I don't get it. Yeah, that's true because I don't know what this card has inside of it, which I guess is in keeping with the Mona Lisa because Mona Lisa is saying still smiling under my mask. Cards can be coy. That's fine. But this one yeah. is almost has me saying, why are you smiling or are you and for what? Or are and, you? Or are you? I don't know. I've never known. And it's uh, you're right. I think you're correct that the the lore around the Mona Lisa has been there is a smile, but is it really? And then people will yeah. say yes or no until they all go home and no one. Yeah, really and, ex- and unless this card is doing just that, bringing up the fact that that is the one thing people talk about about Mona Lisa that we don't know that she's smiling. Unless you're doing a dry, wry quip about that. I don't have any faith in this card anymore because you've chosen the one thing that, like, she might not be doing, like smiling under the mask. Is there not another smiling famous painting? They don't smile in American Gothic. Uh, we have Edvard Munch's The Scream, which is the first thing that popped into my that head. Is not not a, really that a is smile. not a smile. That is true. No, but hey, listen, I've I've told you the two famous paintings I know. I guess you could do a, a Norman Rockwell. Notice how I've quoted him twice now in this podcast. You could do a Norman Rockwell painting. They smile sometimes in those. Dan's in the pocket of Big Rockwell, guys. I should say our podcast is sponsored by and funded by the Rockwell Foundation of Rocks. I forget what they're called. But Guys, I am sponsored by three different groups today. I'm sponsored by the Norman Rockwell Estate. Uh, please enjoy all of his corny Americana paintings of people in small towns getting excited, doing regular stuff like enjoying a malt shop or maybe Santa Claus is taking his beard off or something. Look at those. I'm also sponsored by Rockwell, the son of Barry Gordy, who had the one hit wonder classic Somebody's Watching Me with backup vocals by Michael Jackson. I know that's normally a Halloween song but enjoy it now for November. And then I am uh, also sponsored by Rockwell, which is my company of rocks that are better than other rocks. Please purchase mine. They're a conglomerate, which means they're multiple rocks in one. That's got to count for something. Why rock fine when you can rock well? This was You're Living in Rock Bad. It's time to get you rock well. Looks like someone's watching you, and it's me with our rocks. Our slogan's a little chunky, like conglomerate rocks. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Bob. I mean, bro, no, please. I was going to say Rockwell took a lot from Da Vinci in terms of hiding things in his paintings. Because if you look closely, every Rockwell painting has a discarded bloody dagger somewhere in the background. and Probably also took from other better artists of his in order to make his work, which explains what Rockwell did with Michael Jackson. And yes, I am calling Rockwell out. You got Michael Jackson to do your background. Da Vinci was probably taking from artists in his time. Who knows? Not us. And I'll tell you, Dan, as we move on to the next page, the card does not get any drier. This is as dry it's going to get. It might get significantly wetter from this point on. So let's Oh, great. Think. I love me a damp card. Fantastic. So I believe the second page is the blank one, which okay. is just blank. And then the next one with words is the the inside and the, the, the stinger of the card, if you will. Of course, we've got ourselves the blank page. We always have to reflect on that. What am I going to reflect on in our blank page today? I called out Da Vinci for potentially stealing from other artist that's not founded on anything i don't have an art history background and i don't know who he would have stolen from so please don't at me about how wrong i am that he steals from artists i bet he didn't i bet he's a genius in his time i don't know he kind of came up with helicopters right that was the whole da vinci's notebook thing that was beautiful i'm gonna use my blank canvas time to say i didn't mean to impugn the good graces of the norman rockwell foundation should one exist they are not a sponsor they could be one day but they don't have the guts Yeah, you don't have the guts to sponsor us, okay? I will call them out in your stead, Bobby, and go, you will hear nothing but ire from us. We were going to choose a new Rockwell painting every podcast, and we're going to talk about how stupid it is until you guys jump on board with sponsoring us. I don't know where you're getting your money from anymore. Maybe selling prints of yours and postcards or whatever, or the Saturday Evening Post is not around anymore, so I don't know how you're making your money. The point is, sponsor us, or we're getting Rockwell, the artist, to sponsor us. 
All you right, have three days. days. Clock is ticking, and it's daylight saving, so you have an hour more than you used to. We're giving you a shot. All right, next page inside says in Times New Roman font, black lettering, white background, keep smiling and do whatever it takes to stay healthy on your birthday. Again, keep smiling and do whatever it takes to stay healthy on your birthday. Let's break that down, folks. Keep smiling. We've made it clear that we don't know if Mona Lisa is smiling or if she's just being tolerant of an older gentleman painting her for long periods of time in 16th century Italy. Do whatever it takes. Don't do whatever it takes because there's a lot of things that means do whatever it takes. And it can get real explodey quick if you're going to do whatever it takes to have a happy birthday. So maybe curtail it a little bit to things that are legal and won't involve bloodshed. Thank you. To stay healthy. Now, do whatever it takes to stay healthy. That could still be violent. I'm sorry. That's too, It's too broad. I don't know what you mean to stay healthy. That could mean a lot of things. That could be stealing blood bags from the local hospital. We don't know. That could be burning down your apartment because you saw a cockroach and you heard that they carry disease. Like, okay, did we have to include Mona Lisa in this one? Yes. Next question. Okay, sorry. Um, this is another one of those where... Maybe we've just gotten spoiled in the early episodes because we chose very graphically satisfying greeting cards at the beginning. You and I really mm-hmm. brought our A game when we started this little venture. But we've got these cards, myself included, I've gotten them, where they just give up on the artistic expression. There is nothing special on the inside. It is just a white background. They didn't even try to do a fun font. This is Times New Roman, for Christ's sake. It's very business-like, very to the point, matter of fact. Yeah, like this was only designed because you've got a coworker who is sick from COVID and it was on their birthday. The most hyper-specific of situations. And it's like, well, I got to get them something. So here we go. Which is another thing, too. It's like, and you mentioned this earlier, Bobby, and I agree with it. Bringing up what we're going through for a birthday. Now, you know, this goes, and not to go down this rabbit hole that we just went down, but the whole concept of when do we bring this thing up? Is it worth bringing up? Do we have to, do I have to see a mask for a birthday card? You had, you had the option to choose anything. And it's like, maybe this wouldn't be the thing I want to be reminded of or looked at on my day of celebration. What do you feel? Do you think I'm off on that one, Bobby? No, I had the same reaction, which I thought if I got this, if I got this now, I would feel, I do feel a little short changed because it's either saying, remember the worst moments Pepperidge Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Or it's saying, you seem a little sickly, a little little, little peaked. Maybe you should take it easy on your birthday. Uh, Because it's not a well wish. No. It's a maintain a status quo. It would be as if someone said on your birthday, like, keep on chugging, and then just left you to to have a slice of cake. Hang in there, baby, with the cat. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's no joy in this. I've never seen a birthday card that kind of said, you know, like, okay, it's Wednesday. Get back to work. You know, like it, and and to to wish someone to stay healthy. It's not wishing you a healthy and happy. It's saying, you know, a new year. It's like have a healthy and happy new year. It's wishing you like good fortune and good health. This is saying stay healthy, which means it's saying baseline. Don't go to the hospital. Yeah, you're right. There is an there is an ambiguity to greetings for your birthday that, like you just said, like may good health shine upon you or may good fortune be ever in your favor or whatever. And those are a little bit nicer. That's more about like fate and luck, but also that nothing bad happens to you, which is what we all wish for everybody. But we've seen it here on the podcast. There are greeting cards for your birthday that are meant to convey adventure, excitement, partying down, maybe a little too hard, but listen, you'll recover in the morning. You'll be fine. Take off of work. You got those paid time PTO to work with. So 
there's that feeling. And, it you know, it's a little rambunctious, but that's what birthdays can be. This one kind of feels like you're being I'm being lectured to that you go a little too hard every day. Maybe let's try to just stay healthy. How about that? Maybe, maybe you know, round out from the bar at 11 p.m. Let's get your card and close out. It, it feels like you're saying, all right, have fun, but, like, also let's keep healthy. You know what I mean? You're a little too old to be acting like that. Unless you actually just mean stay healthy, like, away from COVID, which I super hope that's not the only thing you're hoping I'm staying healthy. Like, obviously, I want to stay healthy from COVID. I think my problem with that is, this card already feels old. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that. It is so of a time. It would be like getting a card that says Frankie says relax or something with a piano <laughs> key, keyboard tie. It's like getting it's like getting a card that just says not the mama with a baby dinosaur on it. <laughs> Oh, 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 I lo- oh, I love that show. But it is, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's not 1992. Dinosaurs has been off the air for 30 years. It, it was unfairly canceled. Let me say that. Unfairly canceled. And Jim Henson, show. may he rest in peace, didn't even get to live to see his dream come true. That was his big dream, a dinosaurs adult sitcom. And he got it after his passing, unfortunately. And then it was unfairly canceled. It's I mean, great. the episode, what was the teenage boy's name? The teenage boy's dinosaur was it ronnie or donnie was that 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 sounds correct i thought maybe his friend okay yeah while bobby's looking that up our character who is a teenage boy dinosaur they got to do a puberty episode because he's at that age where puberty is a thing and so he's going through dinosaur puberty which because we only have so much paleontology at our fingertips they or, or maybe that was part of the joke instead of ever bringing up sex because remember it's 1992 heaven forbid that be on the uh main waves of american television what they put in its stead is when you are an adult dinosaur going through puberty when you're becoming an adult it's about dancing you feel this need to dance so you're always like you're doing a little soft shuffle in the bathroom the you want to dance with another partner as opposed to doing it yourself, wink, wink. They go to essentially a bordello, and it's a, it's a dance club. It's a place where you get a dance partner. It was the dumbest, but also the funniest metaphor. I got to give it to them. It did make me laugh. But I was just like, this is stupid, but it's also kind of weirdly charming and making me laugh. So it, it was... It's great. It's a great show, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this instead of this card, which has lost my interest, because the character's name is Robbie. I found out Robbie Sinclair is the Robbie is the Sinclair. Good, great memory, Bobby. Jeez, I you were very close. It, I looked it up. Yeah, that I couldn't... I no, can't but you were close. I think you said Ronnie. That's pretty I close. I said, yeah, Ronnie. And um, there was an episode about euthanasia. There was something called, like, Hurling Day, where you were meant to throw your elderly relatives into yes, a Yes, I remember, because they, they, the, they had the, the mom's mom's character the grandma the maternal grandmother and they were going she was going to be next in line or something right and then it would look bad on the patriarch Sinclair to his triceratops boss if he didn't throw his grandmother his mother-in-law off the volcano or whatever it's pretty gruesome I gotta say that's a that's a gruesome topic it's what we're missing honestly today in television for I think kids and adults is it can be enjoyed by both I think you know maybe now it's kind of coming back i think things like steven universe but we just went yeah. through a, a desert where you couldn't talk about real things for children and it just made kids out to be idiots and they aren't they they kind of get stuff and no yeah it's a great sh- i mean don't sleep on jim henson that's all i'm gonna say whenever you get a chance you know I- appreciate the work i even want to even for the stuff that wasn't really made for adults like i'd like to return i remember loving fraggle rock and i kind of want to return to it to see if it holds up because i do mm. remember there was some difficult conversations they had as well there's like a whole class system thing going on because there were the 
the Fraggles were the main characters, right? And then there was like another group of individuals that were like the miners. And I remember right. they had. I'm going to butcher this plot line, but it was something about wanting one of them no longer wanting to do that job anymore and like be something else. It was just like, I don't know. It was a more complicated plot line. So yeah, we shouldn't sleep on Jim Henson. I know that there is a lot of great animation with similar depth being made now, and you should certainly search it out because there are a lot of good examples of it. But that era was also really nice too. So not knocking Mm -hmm. modern, just saying that, that era, Jim Henson was pretty cool too. So, and all of it, both modern and vintage infinitely better than what this card is trying to bring across because it already feels kind of dated just to give a timestamp as of this recording now where we live in the northeast uh masks are currently the the general consensus is wear masks in like big public areas but for the most part you're for pretty... better or for worse let's say too because oh yeah no i'm not i i'm speaking from strictly objective like, like yes what, we're just what, observing what they done this, told this is us. just observational yeah yeah this is strictly observational you you absolutely do what is healthy and actually maybe wear your mask a lot of places still but uh numbers were going up for a bit but i guess that's what i mean is like this this feels like you'll look back on this in 10 years and will it have been a good memory to have this greeting card or will it have been a grim reminder of this era you know the second one yeah me too i agree like it would not be oh remember those times when we were like we had a quarantine birthday and it was on facetime no i'm gonna remember like a lot of the bad stuff of this era i kind of don't want to be reminded of it is all i'm saying and i i don't think this card like like we talked about with comedy being a tool there's a there is a potential way to do it correctly and this card is a permanent bad joke it's just a permanent not good joke. I've got nothing more to say on that. The only thing left is the 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 back page, which uh, just lists the um, just lists the creators <laughs> as wicked funny. I would, in I this disagree. particular instance, I would disagree. But maybe that yeah. that we might see them again. So I don't want to cast aspersions. Um, I, I think we might be ready to rank. Dan, you're you're have the you have the honors. Um, what do you think? As I've said in episodes before, I don't like having to not appreciate somebody's gift that they gave me. Mm. But at the same time, I don't want to be looking at this card that much. I honestly don't want to be looking at it much at all after getting it initially. So what we're going to do with this card is it is going to go in the top right, right at the crack between the freezer door and the fridge door. Far right, so it is away from my eyesight, and I'm going to forget it's there. Because it's also right near where I store a lot of my plastic bags between the wall and the fridge. You know, when you got them extra plastic. Or like maybe your canvas bags to go to the grocery style store. So Mm -hmm. I will not really see it all that much. Maybe a passing glance. And it's the card stays on the fridge for like a week. And then it's either going in a drawer or in the trash. But it does not have a long life in my eyesight. That is where it goes and that is where it stays. So help me so help me. Please help me, Rhonda. Bobby, where is this card for you in your fridge world? I might have to be even harsher than you. Like I said, we're not angels of judgment, though we aspire to that level. So I never want to... Well, we are angels in the outfield. Yeah, we and and ba- boy, do we have a terrible record with our baseball team. We're, um, very, we're not doing well at all. I wish someone told not. us that also angels have to work out. <laughs> Got to do those... Uh, Got to do those... Uh, uh, Nope, I'm not even going to say. I don't angel even know what I lunges. A- what were you going to say? I, I, was, I was trying to remember, yeah, a, a calisthenic exercise. And I was like, remember muscle time? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do your muscle remember, time. Remember muscle time. Couldn't think of the words. No need to go back. I think oh. this card 
it's not it's just not funny it's not good i'm yeah. sorry i don't want to i don't want to tell people that that it didn't work out but this card might be this might be a trash card for me honestly i don't even think i'd want to keep it it just it brings up too much unpleasantness like there even yeah in the, when we think of back to like beer birthday horror which is stuck in my mind because it's often the very good ones or the very bad ones it has that same vibe of just a sort of stream of mean spiritedness that i don't right i don't need so yeah it's not sticking around for me i might keep it for a day or two and then dispose of it no i agree i think you're right on the money with that it's a it's a big old goose egg it's a big old rotten goose egg and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't bring joy like the gre- birthday greeting cards only have one thing they need to do it is bring joy whether it's laughter or or maybe a tear of joy or a smile you got to do one of those things and it's the only thing you have to do it's the only magic spell on the wand that a birthday card has to do and this card tried and it failed and that's what you do with bad jokes. You just you don't let them stick around. You just toss them out. You don't do this complaint of like, why doesn't anyone like it? Or, oh, it's not me. It's everyone else. No, your joke was shit. Throw it away. That's like and that's exactly what this card was. So, yeah, I agree with you. And do you think Da Vinci would have liked it? Probably not. I, I don't know how humor. He Maybe he had humor. I'm not sure. He spent a lot of time, you know, looking at corpses right that was his one, one he, of his things. he had some interest he might find it really funny because he'd say so when can i paint uh all these uh all, all these people in this pandemic and we'd be like leo can you leo like, leave come our, on you leave our house please you're kind of a creep and he's like do you want to see a picture of my war machine and we say no and he said i, I brought the drawings with me and we said they're huge why did you carry those all the way and he said, <laughs> why do you keep carrying you? those around yeah no it's a tent it's like a you don't understand it's like a horse but it's covered and it's got a projectile in it. And it's like, we know what a tank, it, you've been here for three days. There, it's not, it's a big diary, but it's like, it's, it's, we've gone through it multiple times. No, you see, it's a spindle and it brings you up into the sky. This couldn't even work. This wouldn't even work. We know mm. how to go up. God. You wouldn't want to talk to him at a party. There, I said it. Not at all. More like Da Vinci's no book, am I right? You'd be with Donatello and, and uh, Bernini, and they'd be like, oh, great, Leo's coming. Everyone act busy. And then he'd, they would close the circle. Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> well, Dan, we came, we carded, we... we Oh, no, let me start that again. We came, we saw, we card curd. I mean, that's we sitting card right curd. there. Yeah. Thanks for dealing with this. <laughs> I deal with a million of these with you, Bobby, anytime. You and I find the bad jokes and we take our Excalibur and we slice right through them. That's how we thin out the herd of bad cards. And that's, that's right. this is the place to do it. So, And I wouldn't want to do it with any better night. Anyone better. And uh, if you're better than us and you would like to get in touch or give us a card again, you can reach out at GreetingsPod on Instagram or at GreetingsCast on Twitter. Dan, closing thoughts. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? What have you seen already? What I haven't seen yet is a Thanksgiving card that excites me what i hope to see is a turkey day card that's got the humor i need and what i think i'm going to see is a lot of brown a lot of red a lot of yellow and a lot of orange and i'm not just talking on the table that's right i'm eating all savory all month let's Mm. see how bad my health goes episode by episode you with me bobby Get your daily dose of burnt sienna on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> Get that salad away from me. If it's not hot and in a puddle, I'm not eating it. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Oh, goodbye, everybody. Bye.
Wicked Funny Productions. I'm Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll probably go at the end. Uh, so this 